Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I want to run through the entire map, including the far outs that Democrats think they can win. Let's start in the south, move to the north, move across the country, come down the west coast. Florida. Marco Rubio is going to win easily. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I mean, look, Val Demings, the Democrat, is a good candidate, raised a lot of money, but this is not the year for a Democrat to do well in Florida. If you're a state, if you're if you're a Republican running in a state that Trump carried in 2020, the political wind is at your back. It would take something pretty pretty remarkable for you to lose that opportunity. Right, let's move up one state, Georgia. I've been playing clips of Herschel and Raphael Warnick from uh, Friday night. I think Herschel won fairly easily as did Frank Bruni in the New York Times. What do you think about the debate Friday night and about the race, Josh Groshauer? Yeah, I, I thought Walker well exceeded expectations. I thought he did pretty well at the debate. I thought Warnock did pretty surprisingly weakly at the debate. Uh, I, you know, did, didn't prosecute the personal conduct case. And also at the end of the debate, I was a little surprised that Senator Warnock was a little bit wishy-washy on changing the Atlanta Braves' name. He, he didn't say he was against it, which is not popular in Atlanta or in Georgia to change the Braves' name. And that was one small issue that, if you're not into politics, but you hear that, that might raise your raise your eyebrow. Um, yeah, no, and, and the abortion issue, I thought that was that was very aggressively litigated on both sides. Um, and, I, and because Herschel had successfully set the bar so low, he easily cleared it. I think he won it. I think he won it going away. Yeah, look, uh, the Walker campaign was very happy with the results of, of, that, of, that, of that debate. They, they think that they got past some of the problems over the last couple of weeks, and the environment is shifting towards Republicans. So they, they, they feel pretty good about where they are, given everything that happened the last few weeks. All right, South Carolina, we're not going to spend any time on because Tim Scott's going to win. Ted Budd is probably going to win in North Carolina. Democrats hold out faint hope, but they're not spending money, are they, Josh? Yeah, I always say follow the money. The polls show that race very close. The money suggests that Republicans feel a lot better about, about their chances with Ted Budd in North Carolina. And a lot of it is just fundamentals, like I said before. If you're a Trump state in 2020, the wind is certainly at the Republican Party's back right now. It, it would take a very weak candidate to, to reverse those trends that, we, that we've been seeing over the last year. And Ted Budd's not that. All right, up to Pennsylvania. I played a very moving clip of Dr. Oz comforting a woman who has lost her daughter to fentanyl. Contrast it with John Fetterman's very sad attempts to get out on the on the stage. He simply is infirm. He cannot function. We're really electing Giselle Fetterman if we elect John Fetterman to the Senate. I think it's breaking pretty hard for Oz. What do you hear, see, and believe, Josh Kroshauer? Yeah, I've been saying this for a while. I mean, Oz may have the most general election-centric message of any Republican Senate candidate on the campaign trail. He's got some personal baggage he's had to deal with, but the trend lines in Pennsylvania certainly have been favoring Dr. Oz over the last month. That That is the state view that's going to decide the Senate majority. If, if Pennsylvania goes with, with Dr. Oz, I have a hard time seeing how Republicans don't win win the majority. And I also I'm a little bit befuddled by the Fetter, I know I know the Fetterman campaign is worried about kind of details trickling out about his health. But for the not just the campaign, but then the wife of John Fetterman to essentially call for a reporter to get fired just by explaining what what, he, what she saw and, and reporting the facts from her interview uh, was, was pretty remarkable. It was a politi- it's a political blunder when you're drawing attention to one of your candidates' challenges and, and weaknesses. And I, I'm not exactly uh, sure what the Fetterman campaign has been doing these last couple of weeks. They're certainly nervous 
about how the public is perceiving of their candidate's health. Turning against legacy media by a Democrat is never a good look. It, it suggests there's a lot of panic about internal polling, which is always better than external polling, which actually doesn't know what it's doing. Skipping over to Ohio, J.D.'s going to win. Tim Ryan's a friend of mine. If Tim Ryan was running in Pennsylvania or Wisconsin this term, he might have a shot. He probably would be ahead of Ron Johnson, but he's not. He's going to lose to J.D. because he's in Ohio, which is a deep red state. Yeah, I, look, I, I, I think Vance is one of the weaker Republican candidates, and Ryan is one of the stronger Democratic candidates, but it's an eight-plus-eight Trump state. And again, the, the, the people are really worried about, about the state of the economy, worried about their finances. It's hard to see how any, any, any Democrat can overcome that fundamental, fundamental advantage that they have in the state of Ohio. And Ron Johnson has done the Ron Johnson thing in Wisconsin, which is campaign with his hair on fire, and he's ahead of Mandela Barnes, who's a radical as much as Fetterman is. Well, look, I mean, the issue of crime, uh, we didn't talk about uh, Crime is a big, issue in a big issue in Pennsylvania. Most of the ads you see on the air are dealing with Fetterman's positions on criminal justice reform, even more so in Wisconsin. I mean, Mandela Barnes has made so many comments, you know, reflective of the defund the police movement. Uh, and, and it's been all over the airwaves uh, in, in Wisconsin, and his numbers have gone down accordingly. Now, uh, Democrats are on the defensive in Georgia. I haven't mentioned New Hampshire. I don't think Bulldog can win. Am I wrong? Well, look, I, to me, I, look, I, I, Senator Hassan was very lucky in terms of the draw she got. Uh, if, if it was Chris Sununu, if it was Chuck Morris, the other Republican running, you, you would see New Hampshire as a toss-up, if not favoring Republicans. Uh, it's, it's looking like Senator Hassan has the advantage right now. That said, if we're looking at a big wave, there always are surprises if, if a wave emerges in the final few weeks. And I would not count out New Hampshire. Republicans are still spending a lot of money yeah. in New Hampshire. I wouldn't Most people are not old enough to remember 1980. And I saw John Culver go down in Iowa and I knew then, oh, my gosh, this is a tidal wave. If Bulldog beats Hassan early on Tuesday night, the 8th, we know it's a giant red wave. Yeah. And, 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 and again, Bad candidates, excuse me, bad candidates get swept through in, in, in really big waves. And, uh, that is what New Hampshire would be if, if Bullock wins. I'm heading today to Colorado. I hope I'll be on stage with Joe Day tomorrow night. I think Colorado is shaping up to be a barn burner to the end. Uh, Joe Day is a fabulous candidate, Joe, uh, 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 Josh, a fabulous candidate. What do you think? Yeah, this is the sleeper race of, of, of the cycle. And, 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 O'Day is looking at the national numbers. There was a new New York Times Siena poll showing Republicans with a four-point lead on the generic ballot, Biden's job approval in the 30s. The vibe shift is moving towards the Republicans. I reported today that Democrats are worried about blue districts and blue states uh, like Oregon and New York. It's governor's race there and a lot of states where Republicans haven't been competitive in a long time. If we see that wave, emerge, Joe O'Day is going to be running a probably a pretty close race against Senator Bennett. Republicans are starting to put some money in, into Colorado. And that is a, that is the type of like 2014 Cory Gardner type, type race that, that, that could emerge. Now, I think O'Day, you can't just be a good candidate in Colorado. You need to have everything go right for you to win. And th that's what it'll take, a perfect storm of lower Democratic turnout, engaged Republican voters, and the swing voters go into the Republicans in the last couple of weeks. I have a column coming out in an hour over at the Washington Post, Josh, about the education issue, how it's the iceberg issue that's helping Republicans and Democrats are sailing right onto it. 
Tim Bennett or, or Michael Bennett is going to hit that iceberg. We shall see. Let's go to Washington State. Unfortunately, waves don't work when paper ballots are sent to everyone and everyone votes by mail. Nevertheless, Mike Pompeo with Tiffany Smiley on the last weekend or the first weekend in October campaigning tells me she's doing well. Yeah, I mean, she's going to do better than most. I mean, and look, Washington State, I, I remember covering uh, Patty Murray's race in 2010 when Republicans had a huge wave running against Dino Rossi. And, you know, just even even a huge wave wasn't enough to win Washington State for the uh, for the Republicans. It's a very blue state. The issue of crime is, is so front and center in that state, in Oregon, in the Pacific Northwest. But it's a federal race. Ten, you tend to see people putting on their red and blue jerseys in the Senate and congressional races. Uh, look, I think I think Smiley's going to run closer to Murray than, than we've seen in a while. But uh, the polling and, and, and what I'm hearing on the ground suggests that it probably won't be enough to unseat uh, Patty Murray. Two left, Nevada and Arizona. Let's start with Nevada. Not a lot of voters. Adam Laxalt has ran a very disciplined campaign. Money is pouring in. And people think that Cortez Masto is toast. What does Josh Kroshauer think? It's just not toast. It's a toss-up. Uh, but it, it's hard. You look at the public polling in that race. I think only one poll taken since uh, September has shown uh, Cortez Masto leading. If you're an incumbent and you're down uh, at this stage, not a good sign. Usually the, the undecideds break towards the challenger. You also have the issue in Nevada where you have a lot of working-class, middle-class voters that have taken a real hit with, with the economic struggles, particularly in the state, high grass prices. The Hispanic vote has shifted, as we've seen nationally, a little bit to the Republicans. So the, the, the fundamentals are, are, are favoring Republicans in Nevada. That, that's the best Senate pickup opportunity for Republicans. It's also their best gubernatorial pickup opportunity uh, against Governor Steve Sisolak with, with uh, Joe Lombardo. Let's close with Arizona, Josh Kroshauer. I know Blake well. I know Carrie Lake from debate. She has run a masterful campaign. She's so poised. Uh, Katie Hobbs has dismayed Democrats by the depth of dysfunction within her campaign. Mark Kelly's just trying to hide from the wave. And Blake Masters has got some life preservers being thrown to him. He's floating on top of the water now. Yeah. Um, so the governor's race, there, there is a lot of angst over uh, the candidates that the Democrats have in, in Katie Hobbs. She doesn't, she's not debating. She's not been very effective on the stump. Uh, the, the momentum seems to be with Carrie Lake, especially with the, with the state and national mood going towards the Republican Party these, these final weeks. The Senate race is a little more, um, you know, I think it's a little more of a heavy lift for Republicans. The mood and the environment certainly should favor uh, Blake Masters. But his personal image, if you look at all the polls, internal and public alike, uh, he, he's got an image problem and, and people just don't like him. So that that is going to be the question in Arizona. Is, is the mood going to? Is there a wave? Is the mood going to bring Republicans across the finish line? Or do people make individual judgments about the candidates? I, I thought it was in, we reported at Axios that, you know, there was some discussion that Mitch McConnell's super PAC, which, you know, they pulled money, pulled $9 million out of Arizona. They're not, not able to win it. And there were some discussions between McConnell and Thiel about bringing money back into Arizona. And it turns out that the McConnell super PAC is not going to be investing uh, additional money in Arizona. So that, that is a, a, a worry, worrisome problem for Masters. He needs the money. He's getting outspent on the airwaves. But what is a great problem to have if you're um, a Republican is having a Soros prosecutor running in Maricopa County against the incumbent, Rachel Mitchell. Rachel Mitchell is a hard-nosed prosecutor. Uh, Soros has put up a Soros-backed prosecutor of the sort that are in Philadelphia, L.A., and San Francisco. 
I think that helps Republicans more than anyone knows, Josh. Well, speaking to the issue of crime and, and, and sort of these, these progressive prosecutors that aren't, aren't prosecuting uh, cases, uh, that's a huge issue. And, 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 and I, as I reported at Axios last night, you're seeing, especially in these governor's races and House races, you're seeing blue areas, areas that voted for Joe Biden by double digits, uh, all of a sudden looking extremely competitive. Katie Porter, for example, one of the most progressive, iconic lawmakers in the House in a double-digit Biden district is in real trouble. Polls show that race very, very close. A lot She's of running against Scott Baugh, who's a very popular local guy, and scandal after scandal has hit Katie Porter. Correct. And, and then you also have Rhode Island. I mean, Connecticut, Rhode Island, uh, New York, uh, the DCCC chair, uh, Sean Patrick Maloney in a close race for his own. I district. love to see it. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.